Podcast World, are you ready? My name is Brandon Arroyo. This is the Brandon Arroyo Podcast. Start the show. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to week numero dos of this little podcast experience that we are going on together. A lot of really good feedback from the first one. was really, really excited with how well uh, the interview with Tiffany Stringer went. And the feedback that has uh, come from that has been pretty, uh, pretty positive. So uh, if you haven't been able to check that out yet, uh, go check it out. It was a good time. Little Los Angeles singer out there uh, making her way in the Sunshine State. Happy December to ya! It uh, is now the second week of December. I actually uh, would be remiss if I didn't wish a happy belated Hanukkah to all of my uh, Jewish friends out there that are celebrating, I believe it ended on the 10th, and we are about, well, once the once this podcast airs on Monday, we will be one week past Monday the 10th, so a happy belated Hanukkah to ya. Um, on that note, going to be doing these podcasts on uh, Mondays. Well, they'll be dropping on Mondays. Actually, right now, it is a Sunday here in the beautiful city of Cleveland, Ohio. I'm getting ready to go over to a Cavaliers game. My Browns, they defeated the Denver Broncos last night, which is oh so exciting. They haven't been much of uh, uh, of doing much winning over the last couple of years, so it was exciting to have them um, get that victory. Little peek into the life of BA right now. It's an exciting time for those of you guys who have been keeping up with the Instagram and uh, basically just to, you know, been around in general. Right now, we are in the second week of December, and within three weeks, I will either be moving to New York City or Los Angeles or, you know, I, I guess going to the moon since that's about how far away New York and Los Angeles are. That was a lie. We'll, we'll pretend like I didn't just say that. I either will be going to New York or Los Angeles in January to pursue this uh, whole entertainment life. And uh, so it's an exciting time and not exactly sure which one I'll be going to. But by the time we do this podcast next week, you will um, you will know. Exciting interview today, Mr. Chris Van Vliet. For those of you guys who are unfamiliar with Chris's work, he is an entertainment reporter unlike any other. I mean, he, I mean, listen to some of these names that he's interviewed Will Smith, Anne Hathaway, Denzel Washington, uh, plus Dakota Johnson and Leslie Mann spent an entire interview hitting on Chris and trying to get him to take his shirt off. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about this man, he has A-list interviews. He's a Canadian. And he, I don't know why I threw that in there that he's Canadian. He he is, it's not inaccurate, but, you know, throwing in some fun facts there. We're also really big, pre- passionate pro wrestling fans. Easily, he's one of the top three or five independent pro wrestling interviewers uh, in the world, in my opinion, um, you know, he's interviewed the job. I believe he just interviewed John Cena last week. So you can go check that out. Um, at some point I would recommend going and listening to, uh, his interview with Anne Hathaway. Um, 
<laughs> because that kind of went viral, and he'll explain that in the upcoming interview, uh, as well as it, check out his interview with Dakota Johnson and Leslie Mann, because they literally hit on him and refused to speak until he unbuttoned his shirt almost all the way off. Um <laughs> in their interview for How to Be Single. I thought he would be a great person to have on the show for many reasons. One, he's, you know, he's a friend of mine. He I've um you known him for, you know, coming up on a decade now. And he's someone who has been involved with the entertainment scene for a very long time. You know, whenever there's a press junket, uh, a junket is when they uh, have the actors sit down with a bunch of reporters and they do interviews. Uh, he's been doing that for about, you know, coming up on 10 years now. So I thought that for Anybody that's coming up in the music industry, he's also interviewed Justin Bieber, um, coming up in the music industry or the entertainment industry, that he'd be a great person to be able to get some knowledge from. So give him a follow on Instagram and YouTube, and uh, he just hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is, you know, a really great, uh, really great feat. Uh, with that, I thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, and without any further ado, here he is, Chris Van Vliet. We got to start off with the big news. So, 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's really kind of one of those benchmarks to hit. You got the plaque. It's officially in your hands. And there was a really nice run-up you had to that 100,000. Tell me a little bit about that and uh, really getting the word out about the YouTube channel. For those last, it seemed like five or 6,000 really came within like a couple days of each other. It just exploded for you there at the end. Yeah, it happened pretty quickly. And it was kind of like... Uh, not without getting like too philosophical here. It's like I, I started the year off with maybe I should probably look into this, but I think about sixty thousand subscribers. And if you go to uh, socialblade.com, you can kind of look at like the health of your YouTube page and like how many subscribers you're getting and views and all that kind of stuff. You can do it for any page actually, any YouTube page. And it had me predicted to get a hundred thousand at that pace by like this time next year. And I'm like, okay, like that's that's great. It's it seems attainable. It's you know less than two years away. And I thought, you know what, if I really ramp this up and actually like make an effort here to go out of my way and do interviews i think we could start to get some more traction there and i made it a goal to do 40 wrestling interviews this year uh i'm, I'm actually about to upload one right now but i think i i think i hit 41 wrestling interviews this year and it's just kind of like it was an idea of like i'm gonna set a goal and because i have that goal now i'm gonna achieve that goal this has taken a while like i started my youtube channel kind of by accident in 2011 i just was uploading raw versions of these interviews we were doing because it didn't seem fair to just put a 15 or 20 second soundbite on TV when you had 10, 15, 20 minutes of great stuff that no one was going to see. So uh, I just started uploading stuff back then. Next thing you know, I had a handful of subscribers. And yeah, over the last year, I just really started to dial in like the whole idea. If, if someone else can do it, if someone else can get 100,000 subscribers or a million or 10 million, there's no reason that I can't. So uh, I'm going to reverse engineer what they do and do it for myself. And that's such a great philosophy. If it's ever been done, you can do it too. And I think that's such one of the big things that I want to say on my channel is, you know, just about um, individuals that, you know, you can come from anywhere and you can you can make it in this world. It was a, uh, the, the, the boy who played Peter Malark in the... the that uh, the Hunger Games series, I think he's from... Josh Hutchinson, yeah. Josh Hutcherson, I believe he's from Kentucky. You know, you yep. don't have to be born in New York or Los Angeles. You can be wherever you want to be from and still go after your dreams and still make it to that level. 
Well, that's the thing. Too many people use that type of stuff as an excuse. They go, well, I, I was born here, or my parents aren't from this, or I don't have enough money, or I don't have – and then you can make a whole list of all the things that you don't have. But why not work with the things you do have, focus on your positives, and kind of spin it from there? Uh, and that's kind of what I did here. I mean, look, I'm from Canada. I'm from a small town called Pickering, Ontario. And you know, I, I had a dream of one day – being able to work in the United States, and uh, here I am with green card in hand. And, I mean, you really do have an awesome story. Like, the fact that you came out of Canada, and you, for the five people that are listening to this that don't know your story, can you give us a little background about your journey from Canada, you know, through, um, you know, your music show that you had up there to Cleveland down to Miami? First of all, are you saying that only five people are listening to this? I'm saying I'm sure there's only there's five people that have not heard your story. <laughs> Chris Van Vliet, you're everywhere, man. <laughs> that, that's very kind of you to say, uh, and I, I appreciate you saying that. It's nice that you can pronounce my name correctly, too. I'm still you know, at that point where I'm like, no, it's Van Vliet. I know it's spelled funny. Um, but to answer your question... Um, I, I've always had a passion for broadcasting, and I've always—it's always been something I've wanted to do. I remember being a four-year-old kid with my Fisher-Price tape recorder and like emulating the radio host and TV host, and pretending that I, that was my job. And I had a high school class called Communication Studies where we would make a TV show every single week, and I thought that's pretty fun. And I loved being in front of the camera. I loved performing. I did the morning announcements at my high school. I hosted the talent show. I was the vice president of the student council. So I was out there, and I loved being. Being on stage and performing. So when it came time at 17 years old to pick a college major, which by the way is a crazy thought that at 17 you go, hey kid, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? I, uh, I said, you know, that communication studies class was pretty fun. I'm going to do that. So I took a communication studies class thinking it would be like my path to get on TV and do some broadcasting. And it really isn't. When you go to university, it's like you're going to learn some theories. And that's really great and I had a great social time at college but it was in my last year I had this epiphany I woke up one day in my senior year of college and I was like oh crap like it just hit me like a ton of bricks oh crap when I graduate this year that's it like there's no more do I want to go to class there's no more like where are we drinking tonight because that's clearly the most important thing when you're in college it was like when I graduate like this is the real world there's no more you know there's no more do I feel like going to class or not I have to go to work, 9 to 5, for the next 40, 50 years of my life. So I kind of made this decision that I wanted to do something that I loved. And if I you know, at least didn't succeed, at least I could try. When I was 21, 22 years old, I could try and fail, but at least I tried to do something that I was excited to do every day. So uh, to, I reached out to all the radio stations, TV stations in my college town. I was able to volunteer like on a street team, and this one radio station, a news station, said, hey, we don't take on volunteers, but how would you like a job? And I said, oh, my God, yes, please. So they gave me a job. They said, it only pays $8 an hour. And I said, that's, no, that's $8 more than I thought I was going to make. And I was a board operator for $8 an hour, and after my shift was done, I went into the studio and record uh, my voice, record a demo reel. Uh, when I graduated, I got an internship at a small 
TV station. And they didn't really want to bring me on as an intern, uh, as an intern, because they said, you know, we don't take interns where it's not affiliated with like a school program. I said, well, I'm actually going to be in that town next week. It'd just be great to have a conversation with you. Just let me come in and just see how, you know, things are done there. And they said, well, if you're going to be in town, come on in. So I, I, I kind of lied my way into that because I clearly wasn't going to be in this town, which was 65 miles from my hometown. But I ended up convincing them to give me an internship. That internship turned into a job. And then from there, I was on TV, 22 years old. And uh, I was super fortunate to be in the real world, in the trenches, like actually doing it every day. And I think that's what makes you better and better and better. Um, you know, to make my really long story uh, slightly shorter, <laughs> I ended up from there getting a job on MTV2 in Vancouver, the same kind of way. Like I sent my stuff out to them and they were like, oh, that's great, but you live you know, 3,000 miles away. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to be there next Thursday. Um, it'd be, you know, it'd just be great to just have a conversation with you. And they said, oh, well, if you're, you're going to be here. So they ended up uh, bringing me in for an audition. Actually, not even an audition, an interview. I got that job. So it was like this small town, Peterborough, Ontario, now to this national show on MTV2, uh, where I was hosting this show where we were interviewing musicians and reviewing video games and playing music videos. And I was just so fortunate that, by going after it, by setting a goal and going after it, I, I made it happen. From Vancouver to Toronto, Toronto to Cleveland, and now I'm in Miami. And I'm pretty fortunate, Brandon, to be able to say that every day I'm excited to go to work. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think is the dream for most people, to be able to be in a field that you care about and being able to do something that you enjoy. And, I mean, for those of us that have been following your career for a long time, and obviously, I believe we're about uh, seven years, eight years in now since I had first uh, contacted you. By the way, I do want to ask you about that. When you first got an email from some random kid at a college 45 minutes away saying, oh my gosh, you're so awesome, I want to be like you, and by the way, Shawn Michaels rules. What were you thinking? <laughs> Did you get a lot of emails that like that? No, and that's the funny thing. Like it's, uh, like, you know, like you get a handful of them. And I remember being that kid. I remember being that guy who wanted some real world guidance because I wasn't fortunate enough where my friends were already on TV or radio or you know doing something that I wanted to do. I kind of had to carve this path out for myself. So when you sent that email, I went, oh, I remember being that guy. And I figured if there's anything that I can do, even if it's to have a conversation with you, anything I can do that can maybe shine some light and help you on your journey like what's that to me what's what's a couple minutes or a couple of hours to help you you know maybe get some sort of guidance so i was like i was happy to help you out and the point of this story is there's not enough people doing this and maybe maybe you idolize someone on tv like i don't think you can reach out to ryan seacrest and say hey ryan seacrest can i borrow 10 minutes of your time but if you want to be uh We'll just use TV because, you know, we're both familiar with it. Reach out to a handful of people in your local market and you'll find that uh, they're certainly more attainable than you think. So, yeah, I was happy to help you out. And if it did help you in any sort of way, yeah, I'm happy to hear that. And Chris, my brother, I do want to thank you for that because you've been an awesome, you know, person to 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 watch their career grow and try to, you know, do some of the things that you've been able to accomplish and and try and uh, create my own path off of some of the the roadblocks that I've seen you create. So thank you for everything that you've been able to do. Oh um, yeah, 
You're welcome. Taking it back, I mean, before the 100,000 subscribers, before the interviews with The Rock and all of the the amazing things that you've done seven years ago and four million views ago, there was an interview with Anne Hathaway. And <laughs> <laughs> I want to take you back to that interview because it's still one of the most viewed interviews on your channel. And it's still, yep. um, you know, I, I, I have to think one of the big moments that you can recall in your career. If You know, I could be wrong, but can you take me through that interview your story of it and what you remember from your point of view well i didn't uh you know hindsight's 2020 right so looking back on it i i was trying to ask a good question i just didn't ask the question in the best possible way and the uh photos from the dark knight rise it has had just come out so i knew i wanted to ask her something related to the dark knight rises i just didn't know how i was going to work this into an interview for a movie called one day which i mean let's be honest we're still talking about the dark knight rises and no one's really even heard of one day no offense to that movie but you know it just wasn't as big so i just want to ask her like hey what, what would your workout regimen look like that you know that was my general idea for the question to you know get into the shape to play catwoman instead i asked the question of uh uh, fans are really excited about this. The first photos of you as Catwoman just came out. How much weight did you have to lose to get into the shape that we see you in here? And she didn't take that in the way that I was asking it. And she jokingly turned it into being feigned uh, offended and went, what a forward young man you are. And it comes off as this like kind of quasi flirty, quasi offended thing, which was actually really fun slash scary in the moment. Um, but it's funny, like, and that video is now on all these lists of like the times when uh, females hit back at sexist interviewers, or the times that um, female actors, uh, actresses uh, spoke out. And it's like, well, no, like this question has been asked of Christian Bale when he gained and lost weight for roles. It's been asked of Renee Zellweger when she gained weight for her role in. Um, uh, Bridget Jones. It's, it, this question is asked very frequently. It's just, I guess, when you ask it of a woman, this is not appropriate. It's just, it was a very strange, strange thing. Quick five-second plug for you, wherever you are listening to this from, whether you're in the gym, I don't know, walking your dog fluffy, go ahead and check out the social media accounts. Uh, I am at Arroyo is blessed on all social media accounts. Arroyo, spelled A-R-R-O-Y-O. Arroyo is blessed on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Be sure to check that out. And also, please subscribe to the Brandon Arroyo podcast on your listening devices. This is the first episode. I hope to have you around a lot longer because I'm, I'm going to be around. So if I'm otherwise, I'll just be sitting here talking to myself. So <clears throat> back to the interview. And Chris, that wasn't the last time that you would get some major headlines from being hit on by a famous actress. Can we talk a little bit about the Dakota Johnson Leslie Mann interview? Uh, and were you surprised that they had, you know, sort of picked you out to some of their 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 technical people as well? Oh, th th that interview was shocking to say the least because Dakota Johnson's not the greatest interview and everyone that was walking out of that room was basically like oh that was that wasn't very much fun in fact i was walking into that interview room and the person walking out was like oh good luck with that <laughs> and i walked in and the second i sat down leslie mann just as she described it later on uh on 
the late night talk shows that she was on, she said that I was a breath of fresh air and I was like breaking up her monotonous interview day. So yeah, they just turned that into their own thing and I just rolled with it. Like there was a part of me that was like, I should probably ask some questions like about the movie. And then the other part of me was like, let's see how far we can push this. Like, like let's see how far this will go. Let's see how long we can continue to do this. And it was fun. And I uploaded it to my YouTube channel just thinking like, here's a side of Dakota Johnson that no one really sees because she's usually so quiet and buttoned up. Here's her having a little bit of fun. And I uploaded that on a Saturday and by Monday it had a million views and it was in like every publication imaginable. So it was interesting. Although two years later uh, with the me too world that we're living in now, that area would not have happened. <laughs> I, I guess I got to ask you, I mean, when you're in those moments and you, you kind of have to feel your way around, I guess it's kind of a case by case basis, but do you instantly know that this is going to be something that's going to click with the general viewer on YouTube or has it sort of been, you know, there's videos that you didn't know were going to blow up that ended up becoming a really big, you know, viral sensation. Uh, there's sometimes where I think I'm going to have something really good. Like, I just interviewed Michael B. Jordan for Creed 2, and I asked him, like, who would win in a fight, Killmonger or Adonis Creed? And I thought, like, that's a really good headline. And he said Killmonger for sure, and I'm like, that's so interesting. He's promoting Creed, but basically saying Killmonger is a better fighter. I thought that was going to blow up, and, you know, it got, like, just a handful of views. Uh, but, like, I interviewed Donald Glover for um, – solo and it was a couple days after the childish gambino video had come out for this is america i just wanted to just his take on the this is this is america video because it was blowing up and everyone was having their reaction videos and trying to interpret it and i just wanted like him to say something about like how we're supposed to interpret this and he said no I'm, 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 it's not really my job to explain it and i uploaded this thinking oh you know it'll get it'll get some attention and uh, i uploaded it as donald glover doesn't want to explain this is america which is true. And uh, it got like 6 million views in two days. And I'm like, wow, that's way bigger than I could have ever imagined. That's it's, it's pretty amazing. I saw that up there as one of your, your top videos. And I, I was, I was curious how I missed that one. Cause it was, I think just seven months ago, I had seen the majority of them. I know your big show interview is up there as well. Um, yeah. That one sort of uh, was a little bit of a surprise. I, I feel. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would say that the biggest thing about YouTube is I think there's too many people that are um, <laughs> that are taking the you part of YouTube too literally. And YouTube is one of these really interesting pieces of social media or websites, if you will, where it's not about you. You have to provide value for people. And if my if my channel was all about like the, the great things that I did, I'd have no subscribers. You have to like put this stuff out and provide value and give people a reason to click on your videos. And then if they really, 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 really like you, maybe you'll earn a subscription. Like I have 59 and 58 million views, but only a hundred thousand subscribers. So like that means I don't want to do the math. What's the math there? Like that means, uh, uh, like, 1% of people that watch my videos or 2% of people who watch my videos subscribe. So like, that's just something to keep in mind. Got to provide value on YouTube. And while we keep with the tips rolling here, I did want to ask you, cause you're kind of the, you know, you're, you're one of the veteran statesmen when it comes to doing TV junkets, um, for individuals that are just now getting into the real prime of their, um, you know, acting career. One of the girls, uh, the, the girl that I interviewed in my first video, her roommate was one of the uh, young at high school actors on the movie Jumanji. You know, there's a couple oh, of people that yeah. are just getting into their careers and they're just butting into that stardom. What are some tips?
tips, both from your side and what you think might be a tip from the actor's side to getting uh, making the most out of a junket? Because those are, you know, long days. I would say that on my side of things, try to make things interesting. Try not to ask the questions that they are going to be asked all day. And if you do have to get a soundbite about the movie, you know, to make your story work, try to ask it in an interesting way and have fun with it. And I think that that's, that's the answer on the other side of things. Actually, I heard The Rock say this recently in an interview. He said that have fun with press. Like if you're going to treat it like it's a job, it's going to feel like a job. But if you can go into it and have fun and joke around and be charismatic, Look, you're an actor. Act like you're having fun. And there's so many people that go into these interviews and they're like, and I mean the actors, they're so boring. Like, you're an actor. Why aren't you acting like you're having a good time? I don't get that. Uh, another great interview that you had sticking, uh, you know, talking with The Rock a little bit more is so many of your interviews with The Rock. Um, tell me a little bit just about being able to interview someone that you've idolized since you were a kid because i think that that's something that a lot of listeners can relate to is being able to dream you know what if i were to meet this person and now you've met the rock on several occasions and uh you both have a love for miami yeah and the rock lives not far from uh you know where i live and where i work which is kind of cool so he's a little more accessible when he does stuff down here um but yeah like rock was always at the top of my interview list mainly because I knew he was fun and charismatic and it was going to be enjoyable. But number two, I looked up to him um, my whole like teenage years and up till now even. And it's because you know The Rock in these interviews has a ton of fun. He's super charismatic and he doesn't just make the interview about himself. He brings out the best in the other person that he's with. He, he makes a joke or he, he, um, he makes a, uh, some sort of compliment or something. Uh, he gets it. And uh, that's what's so great about an interview with him is you leave an interview with the rock going, I feel like, like, I feel like he likes me. Like, I feel like we had a connection there. And even if we don't, even if he really is just acting, man, he does a great job of it. He does a great job of connecting with you. And I feel like, I think a lot of people, uh, whether you're an actor or a TV host or whatever, just in life, I feel like you can learn from that. Uh, just two questions more for you, Chris. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, what you got coming up here, sticking with the wrestling theme. Uh, January 5th, going to be stepping back into the uh, into the squared circle, if you will. Tell me about it. I, I wanted to be a wrestler as a kid growing up. Uh, it was my, my dream. I went to wrestling school for a little bit when I was in college, um, and that just didn't pan out for me. So it's pretty cool that I get to still be a part of the wrestling scene as a ring announcer. So Blueprint Pro Wrestling in Deerfield Beach, Florida, we've got a show on January 5th, and I've been their ring announcer for the past year. I've also been a ring announcer in some other promotions. I was in Cleveland, actually. I was a ring announcer there for um, Prime Wrestling a couple times. It's just fun to be in that world, to, to like get there early to the venue, show up backstage, be hanging with the boys. Like You feel like you're part of it, um, and then you, you know, don't have to like hurt yourself too much or bleed, or you, know, you can still walk. So it's, uh, it's all the great elements of being part of that world, um, and not having to put your body on the line, which, you know, I'm so thankful for the people that do put their body on the line for our entertainment. Yeah, definitely a good thing not to take the bumps and uh, feel those the next day. <laughs> um, last question I had for you, Chris. We got Christmas coming up now. As someone in your position, and with so many great Christmas movies throughout the years, if you could be the interviewer in a junket for any Christmas movie any time in the past, what Christmas movie would you want to be in a junket for? I think the greatest Christmas movie of all time, 
and it's, uh, it's near and dear to both of us with Cleveland, is a Christmas story. And it'd be so interesting to do the junket back then because they didn't realize this movie was going to be as big or have the cult following that it has now. So it'd be so interesting to interview those actors back then just to talk about like the process of making this film and be able to watch those interviews back however many years later and go, look at that. Like this movie that was just a small film at the time has now all these years later become this massive, massive film that every single December millions of us tune in and, and you know, we know the words to. He is Chris Van Vliet, one of the premier entertainment reporters in the world right now. Chris, again, my brother, I thank you for your time a little bit. Uh, if you could leave us with uh, some words of wisdom to the young, uh, future, dreaming entertainment reporters out there, the future singers, the future actors, any words of wisdom to, to keep it on? Well, I'll say to you, Brandon, congratulations on going after it. And congratulations on not being stopped by some of the speed bumps or road bumps blocks that you might have had along the way and like you're carving your own path out so you should be super proud of yourself for that and uh the best advice that i have we touched on it earlier is if someone else has done it there's no reason that you can't as well i find someone that you idolize uh and reverse engineer what they've done in their career to make it work for yourself like you know take where they're at and then keep going back all the steps that they've gone along the way to where you're at now and now you know how to get there and if you don't get there it's only on you for not making it happen did I not tell you he's a great interview? Chris Van Vliet is a tremendous human being on top of being an extremely talented journalist and entertainment reporter. Uh, so the next time that you are going through your YouTubes and uh, you you see him, because you're going to see him in you know several highlight videos of different interviews, You'll be like, oh my gosh, I remember that uh, podcast that he did with his old buddy B.A. up there in Cleveland. Chris, thanks again. Listeners, my friends, the Brandon Arroyo Podcast, if you enjoyed yourself, go ahead and give it a subscribe. This time next week, we'll know whether I'm heading out to the, to the, uh, the California coast or if I'm going up to the Big Apple. And uh, it's an exciting time. I'm excited to have you here with me. And I really appreciate you taking the time out to hang out and listen to this on your drive or wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast from. I will see you guys next week. Take care.